This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, go to stdpodcast.com slash support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to STD Podcast, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who story himself, Cal Jones. How's it going, dude? Hey, I'm going uh, pretty good because I have to correct something that I have been saying, I think, for the last couple of weeks. I thought this week was the finale, and I and I've uh, <laughs> kept saying it. No one's corrected me, but but I found out to, uh, last night that I'm wrong. We've got one more episode. Yeah, I got one more episode. Uh, Will you take my hand? Which is a weird title, but that is the, <laughs> the the last episode or the finale of the season. So yeah, we got a we got a little more left. Thank goodness, because I I don't want to deal with the drought. But next we have none other than the Trek story himself, Jonathan Schwartz. How's it going, dude? Going good, man. Going good. Glad to be here again this week to talk about another awesome episode. Awesome sauce, man. And also we have returning guest slash host, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. Cool, cool, man. We have to find a nickname for you. <laughs> any any suggestions? Um, I'm a Stargate person. So that's the Gate Storian. <laughs> gate Storian? Okay. I could I can work with that. I can work with that. What do you guys think? Hey, I'm I'm with it. You said Stargate, <laughs> right? Yes. Cool. So Clarence, how you know, let, let's throw that question back at you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, coming off a few uh DIY projects that have turned out, you know, okay but not so great. How those usually turn out, but you know, have, having fun, chilling. Uh, Do tell fun. what kind of project? Oh man, uh, I will post pictures so you guys can laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> but I try, <laughs> I tried to make a teleprompter, and um, it's it's a bit of, <laughs> it, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Uh, you know, rigging. But guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. Guys, if you want special, I'm not going to say behind the scenes, after shows, whatever, you should definitely check out our patron that is, is at patreon.com slash STD podcast, where we put bonus content. Uh, and if you don't want to subscribe, that's cool. Uh, if you don't want to contribute, that's fine. You can follow us there and get all the updates that we post on our Patreon account. So definitely check us out there. Today, we're going to talk about season one, episode 14, the war without the war within. But first, uh, we want to talk about a bit. Well, let me ask you guys what's going on. I know we kind of, I kind of went around the horn, but anybody have anything interesting they're working on that they want to talk about before we dive into some feedback? Uh, you and I are doing some interviews coming up. Uh, we've got an interview coming up with uh, the gentleman who is over uh, the Titan Con in Tupelo. And we've got a couple of others, one that is scheduled tomorrow that we're going to be recording. And and you'll have to help me here uh, because I don't want to mispronounce the la- uh, lady's name. Yeah, I just, I just say the company is Suzade. That's how I pronounce it. But the woman's name is uh, Suzanne Bowen. 
Oh, okay, great. Yeah, but she, they, her company does uh, custom cosplay jackets, and we're gonna kind of, um, you know, have an interview with her and talk about what she does, and that'll be on the discussing comics feed. Question mark. <laughs> Cobain, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, it will also. We've got some other interviews coming that are in the process of being scheduled, so I don't want to mention those until you know they've been ironed out and are definitive. But yeah, some cool things that we've got planned. So yeah, cool. Yeah, and I also want to say what? if any of you guys out there are going to be at Pensacon, which is the twenty third through twenty. 25th, Fifth of this month in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we will be there as media. So we will be parousing the show floor and trying to get good content, good pictures. And maybe, you know, if you see us walking around with a discussing comics slash discussing who shirt on, uh, you can come and holler at us, talk to us. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Let's jump into some feedback, guys. We got some pretty awesome feedback from Eric from North Vancouver, British Columbia. And I'm sure this one is going to make Kyle, pretty happy. Uh, Kyle, have you read said feedback? Well, I saw my name and I stopped reading it so that I could hear it. Uh, you read it live. You just want to respond <laughs> organically is what I'm hearing from there, you. There you go. Exactly. <clears throat> Again, this is Eric from North Vancouver. I have to commend Kyle for his astute observation he made a few podcasts ago. It was just after the episode where Tyler got in a fight with Miravok. Kyle interpreted the fight as symbolic of Tyler's wanting to assert his human personality over the Klingon personality. And the physical fight being the rep- representative of the mental fight on- going on inside of Tyler slash Vok's body. I believe that interpretation of Kyle's was correct. Tyler's actions and statements in The War Without the War Within seem to indicate that Tyler ultimately did win the struggle for dominant personality. I understand he had some surgical help from Laurel. However, she must have realized that Tyler's personality was winning out. And then he just adds, lastly, I do wonder if we'll see Tyler do something heroic or possibly self-sacrificing in the season finale. Kyle, what do you think of this feedback, man? So I I, want to go back and hit on one particular fantastically brilliant thing that that eric said if you don't mind if you will indulge me for just a second sure i I, I do want to you know touch on one single thing that he said which was i believe that interpretation of kyle's was correct (laughs) let me say it one more time i believe that interpretation of kyle's was correct i rest my case wow um eric you are the bomb thank you sir (laughs) You just want to hear you right. That's I think mean, that's the only thing I'm really gathering here. Um, you like being right, I guess. Mm, <laughs> no, I don't necessarily like being right. I just, well, Eric, you are the bomb. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, just to kind of expand on what Eric said in this statement, I do think it's very interesting of the the struggle, which again, Cal mentioned a few episodes back. Uh, of this Tyler Vock and how the fight that he had was symbolic. And again, I still really didn't get that, but it makes a lot of sense, especially after what we're going to see in the upcoming episode. So just real cool observation and uh, in Kyle's words, kudos. Cool. And I think we have the tech story in the line. Carrie, what's up, man? Yo, how's everybody doing? Good, good, man. Glad to have you on. We we're just talking about a bit of feedback. Oh, yeah. Sound, sounded good. Like, Kyle's getting some props there or something. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could like put a picture of me grinning from ear to ear. 
Oh, yeah. And guys, if you want to send us feedback, you can send that feedback to fans at stdpodcast.com or, you know, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. We're, we're there as well. Pretty much our STD podcast and STD underscore podcast on Twitter. So check us out. Send us feedback and we'll possibly even talk about it on the show. So, guys, has there been any Trek news in the last week that you want to talk about? I, I don't recall anything coming up. Do you guys hear any news or any rumblings? None that I've heard. Uh, other than thing, I think you shared on Facebook page. Uh, that was pretty cool. Brent Spiner doing the uh, Patrick Stewart impression. Yeah, I don't know how I wound <laughs> up on that. I think I was just random YouTube searching. <laughs> <laughs> But somehow I happened upon that, and it's freaking awesome because he does a freaking spot on Patrick Stewart. It's it's great, hilarious. <laughs> it really is. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, and if you want to check that out, you can go to our Facebook page where we have the video posted. Um, but but cool beans. So are you guys ready to get into the review of the War Without the War Within? Yes. Yes. Let, let, let us go, go for it. it. Burnham and crew are faced with the harsh reality of the war during their absence. Starfleet must use unconventional tactics and sources to take their next action against the Klingons. So let's go around the horn and get non-spoilery thoughts. Let's start with Carrie. What do you think, man? Um, first uh, reaction was that, I don't know. Uh, this wasn't my favorite episode, but it wasn't my least favorite either. There were some interesting twists, but it got to me parts got a little cheesy. Um, but other than that, I thought it was good. Hmm. Cheesy in what sense? I'm curious. Uh, um, I'll ju- I'll just say breaking up is hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get that. I get that. What about you, Jeremy? What do you think? Um, I like it. It didn't seem like a good standalone episode, but it did uh, set up the final really good. Okay. And I've had a lot of coffee today, so I'm having trouble speaking. <laughs> that, that, that is quite all right. I am always the same way. So, John, what do you think, man? Um, I, I think it was a really good episode. We've seen some more character growth from a certain guy. And I'm also with Carrie. There was uh, some cheese in this episode on a different, uh, let's say, dinner scene. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> Wow, I'm 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 confused on what the cheese came. Uh, hmm. Oh, I'll give you details. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, well, let's let's go ahead and finish going around the horn and get into spoilers. But, but, Kyle, um, what do you think, man? All right. So I can see. I you know I kind of agree with both. Uh, you know what Carrie said as well as what Jeremy said. I, I I can see both points. But you know you said I like being right, and truly enough I do. But I don't <laughs> mind admitting that I'm wrong. And for some reason, last night's episode really made me feel like a piece of you know what because I was so mean to Tilly at the beginning, and I really liked her in last uh, night's episode. Oh, you like her still since she's not Mira Tilly? Yeah, I, I still like her <laughs> even so, even though she's not posing as mean Tilly. So yeah, I really felt bad, but yeah. Do you so not think she's back to the original Tilly? <laughs> I re- I really don't. I mean, I don't know why, but I don't dislike her anymore. I think he's in love, guys. <laughs> no, hmm. I, I'm not going to go that far, but I will say <laughs> that uh, I really feel bad for being mean to Tilly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that makes one of us. 
So for me, um, I thought it was a very enjoyable episode. I do get what Carrie, I guess, is saying about the cheese, but to me, the cheese was more of the the mushy in a relationship stuff that I'm really not attuned to uh, in shows, period. So, I mean, we had a lot of that, and a lot of it was about exploring um, exactly what, you know, Tyler Vock is. So I think, I think that was a huge part of the episode. And plus, you know, um, I don't know, terraforming. Let, let's, just, <laughs> let's just get into the spoilers. So, uh, henceforth, anything past this point, uh, it's going to be spoilers, guys. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. So Saru so walks into a transporter room and he sees. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, why, what did she tell him? Bow, take a knee or something? Uh, Mira Giorgio told him. Oh, I don't God. remember. Oh, so uh, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I was just—I was still stuck on the soup when that interaction happened, so I kind of missed it. <laughs> what did Giorgio say? was licking her lips. <laughs> 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 oh man, she I predict she's gonna eat him before the episode. Oh. Before the season. <laughs> I was telling Jeremy she's gonna catch him, corner him up one day, and everybody's gonna be looking for Saru, and she's gonna be eating soup. <laughs> Anybody Get seen in my belly, <laughs> and that would make me so mad. Oh. I think I eat a Saru. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to love the part where she said, yesterday we dined on the intros of your brother. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what? his ganglia didn't go off. I was like, <laughs> you, like that was like prime ganglia alert right there. She wants to eat me. <laughs> point, like start shooting out. That would be the moment. Did you yeah. guys watch the after trek and see the preview that they showed during the after trek? No, I didn't. Next no. episode? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't, no, I did not. So watch watch after trek. You'll get a you'll get a good little laugh. Just watch watch the scene. I think it's about halfway through it. They show like a preview scene from the next episode. So I mean, what do we think of Saru's reaction? Do we think and not only just burn on uh, not um Giorgio's comments, but also Burnham, like, you know, kind of keeping this from him. Do you think they'll affect their relationship going forward? I don't think so, because, like, she had good intentions. It's not like she was trying to be mean or anything. She just... I mean, I don't know. If I went to Mary Universe and all the black folks was slaves again, I would be like... I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> like, don't, don't tell me. Are we all dead? Like, oh... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You're <laughs> so, just saying you didn't say that. But you, you know, my opinion. I, I think Saru. Okay, first off, let let me say, I am loving Saru more and more. Agreed. He's becoming a great captain, and his reaction was exactly what I would have expected a great captain to have. And I also the Giorgio situation. I think he's okay with it because he feels that he would have done the same thing in Burnham's shoes. 
and I think the other thing about it is, you know, this is just part of his growth as a character. I joked about his threat gangler earlier, but I think this is him just growing into his captain role where he's like, I think he's just done being scared. You know, right. seriously, right. like I feel like he's like, I got people depending on me and it's just giving them a boost and giving them confidence. He has his swagger now. <laughs> Although it looks like he's fanning farts as he's walking. <laughs> <laughs> He walks like George Jefferson. <laughs> it's slow motion. Well, he did move on up. He <laughs> up in his, uh, you know, his position. So he's got. To... Oh boy! <laughs> so, so soon after Saru mentions the whole excise procedure that Laurel performed on Tyler. And this is, I guess this is my biggest problem with this episode. And maybe you guys is too. Um, do we believe this procedure was successful and B, why do we trust this thing? We don't know what he is exactly. It, to me, people are just too quick to be trusting of this whole situation when, you know, I say a couple of episodes, we don't know how many days or, or weeks it was ago. He, he, he snapped, uh, old boy's neck, you know, so I'm like, um, yeah, uh, it's a little too soon for me to be trusting this guy. What do you guys think? I agree. They, they did leave him off the leash pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of it was probably the reaction of, of the, I can't remember her name, the Klingon chick when she Burrell. did. When she did her um, psychic surgery, when she was like, no. <laughs> so, like, I, I feel like that they think that he's like, I think that they really believe that he's gone. But, you know, who knows? Because, I mean, if you think about when she did it, they were in another universe. There was no hope of getting back. So she didn't really see any point of keeping him around. And eh, I don't think he's gone completely, though. Personally. I agree with you. I don't think he's gone either. And I think something's going to happen. I I'm I'm of I'm of two minds here. <laughs> That's kind of cool, considering who we're talking about. But um, <laughs> um, I, I I'm 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 halfway between. He's going to do something to you know bad next week, or he will you know uh, do something of sacrifice and you know die saving Michael Barnum. That's that's my prediction of what I think is going to happen with yeah. him next week. Mm. <sighs> and, and I don't I hate to like to keep talking about this, but like, if you look at it from a logical perspective, um, there's, they're not really a part. They were pretty much kicked out of like the main Klingon faction. They were like left to die. So like, they really have nowhere else to go in that whole mission. I mean, their whole point of him becoming a human, like all that's moot now, pretty much. I mean, there's, there's nowhere for them to go. Let's say they took over the ship. I mean, there's nowhere for them to go. Like, so I think that part of it could be resolved, but I, I just I'm a little cynical about the whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't believe I, I, I think I think Volk, Volk's consciousness is gone, uh, but I don't think permanently. I think Laurel has a alternate plan going on <laughs> somehow, because I mean, throughout <laughs> I mean, throughout Star Trek history, you've always heard Klingon say, "We'll rather die to be than to be captured." Yeah. So if they're ever captured, I mean, usually they do something to get in a fight and die. I mean, they don't just sit captured. And if she's a true believer in Klingon culture, then she either has a plan or she's ready to die. Mm. She's know. probably got another code word like cheeseburger. <laughs> 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 
It's like <laughs> she's a sleeper agent. <laughs> right. But she did. Well, maybe say- she took his took his consciousness into her. Maybe she's uh, <laughs> I, I think she's done that a couple times already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my brain. My brain. Did <laughs> they turn him back into a Klingon if they wanted to? I mean, is that reversible physically? I guess if she did the same finger thing to his head, maybe. I don't, no, I don't, is there like a zipper that they can pull down and then Vogue pop right. <laughs> Okay, so 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 let me ask you guys something. And this was something that I was unclear of uh, through this whole story, which is, and even with them explaining it last night about flaying the hands and cracking the bones and whatever, did did they somehow embed his DNA on top of the body that was uh, belonged to Ash Tyler? No, no, and no, his, no. Yeah, they, they just, actually... Just as terraformed his body, so so to speak. Go ahead, John. Well, it, they, as far as I've gathered, it was just his consciousness that they transferred. Well, then what were they doing? All the the right. The, well, was all the surgery knives and stuff and no, yeah, the, like some Wolverine stuff going on. Yeah, the body was Vox. The body, whatever the starting point for the body was Vox. Then they gra- then they grafted their consciousness together somehow. Is what I gather from from uh, the story. Okay. So yeah, that why, why hadn't the scans, the current scans, shown still shown clean of them? Because all Lorel did was alter, take out the consciousness. Point taken. What do you mean the scans still showing clean? So remember, right before he broke uh, Colbert's neck, like mm-hmm. Colbert said that his bone density was off or something to that effect. Like his body just wasn't human. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what happened to that? So now when you see Saru walk into sickbay, she says all the scans show normal. Well, I think they're talking about like brain scans, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I agree, Carrie. I think they were talking about the mental part of it because they pretty Why much. Why wouldn't yeah. they scan his body? They, I mean, they, they, know he's... they know he's a clean. <laughs> Why do they need to scan his body again? Yeah, they already know, man. Well, then I wouldn't trust him. I don't know. That's exactly my point. Exactly my point. I just kind of assumed that they scanned his body and it's all gone now. No. I mean, how, she, can't shoot, she can't shoot some lasers in his brain and change his body composition. I mean, they not that advanced, are they? I don't know. They're putting displays in midair. Oh, oh, let's, oh let, well, let's table that part because I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> But but I also want to talk about the fact that Tyler, like he talks about this reassignment program, you know, and what, what do we think about that going forward? He says he's the pilot for that program. I mean, obviously, we don't know what they've done with it in the last nine months, but does that have any implications on Trick going forward? OK, so you know how the Klingons look human. Maybe they're trying to explain that. Oh, but they, they already dressed in an enterprise, so I'm, I feel like this is kind of something different. What do you What do you think, John? Oh, uh, well, don't get me started on the clean up thing. I think I mean, they, I'm just but they dressed in an that. enterprise, didn't they? They did, and which is and it's going to be hard for them to fix that in this because we've already started, you know. So I don't, I don't see it. I don't see how they're going to tie it in. I mean, unless they're using the whole. So we know in Enterprise, the reason why the Klingons ended up the way they did because they had some kind of sickness that this crazy Klingon doctor uh, devised some kind of serum that would cure them, but actually made it worse. So unless he made this serum from the DNA of one of these uh, Discovery spies, I don't really see it happening. I mean, that's a stretch. So 
so for the uninitiated, and by that I mean me, can you explain exactly like what happened and when it happened? Do does Enterprise in this show do their timelines cross at all, or is Enterprise like hundreds of years before this? This is ten years prior, I believe. Oh, so this is ten years before Enterprise. This, before no, no, Enterprise. Before Enterprise is, uh, and they said it in this episode. Hundred years, yeah, it's a hundred right. years behind. Okay, so like that that whole thing, they kind of, I think they already retconned the whole Enterprise explanation. I mean, there aren't like all the Klingons are like you have like the Balano. There are no like smooth skin Klingons at all right now, are there? Nah, but yet Man, still, we, yet still, we reference Commander Archer in the Enterprise specifically in this episode. I mean, I. I <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll explain things. Maybe it'll work out, but it just. What, was wrong? what did you see wrong with that reference? I, I kind of just like the fact that they did it. I mean, I love the reference, but we're talking about inconsistencies. You know, we have this, this, this thing that's happening that, you know, that seems like it doesn't fit in the timeline at all, but we're going back and referencing Enterprise. I think that's right. cool. I, I love all those references. You know, I find them endearing, but yet we have a myriad of inconsistencies. I mean, for for you just mentioned one a minute ago about the the uh, mid air holographic displays. I'm like, yeah. like they just went crazy in this episode with that. I'm like, what? Yeah, this that that's I don't I hadn't seen that in any Star Trek yet. I don't <laughs> believe <laughs> that's crazy. It was awesome, but uh. <laughs> but you know, to go back to our original point, or original conversation uh, with. Uh, was Tyler being a pilot for this? I think in those nine months that they've done more, because I believe Sarek was checking Saru to make sure he wasn't clean on. Hmm. Ah, that's a good point because they were really, really skeptical of them. That's an excellent point. Uh, see, but but they also thought that they died. Remember the they other, did, which is why he's checking him because now you. Right. I mean, you teleport to the ship and you see him, so why not believe it's them? And then after he did the mind mail, he said something to the fact that it is Saru or this right. is not clean up. I don't know how he said it, but his intentions. Are this true. is the real. He said this yeah. is the real Saru. Right. I totally didn't get that at all because I just, I just watched the episode. That's how I know he was like, this is the real Saru. So which is awesome to me because it's tying into the Terran universe where they also use Sarah to check someone's intentions. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was great. And if, and at first I was thinking that they thought they were from the other universe, but at that point they don't even know about the other universe. So that's really the only logical explanation. I mean, if you think about it, because they don't know about the mirror universe yet. Right. Look at old uh, Vulcan Carey said the logical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh, logic I'm not. I'm not. I'm not done with logic yet. But oh, well, let's, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's unpack the you know the scene we talk about at the admiral and Sarek boarding the Sarek boarding the ship. Um, yeah, I mean, I really love how he identified them. And again, I didn't, I didn't for once think that they could have been Klingon. I, I was just thinking more along Kyle's line that, you know, discovery got destroyed. Who are these people? That's kind of what I got. I got from that. I don't, I, I guess you could extrapolate the whole Klingon thing, but, uh, well, I mean, why else would they not trust them? Cause if discovery you, got destroyed. I know, but if you're on the ship looking at them, I mean, what else would you think? Mm, I mean, they have, they're. I mean, they're getting ransacked. I, I understand the caution, even if that turns out to not be true. I, I get why they were so cautious, but it's interesting. Ooh. So, 
How many times have we actually seen the conference room? Because I could have sworn the last time we saw it, it was like on the star base, but it looked just like that. It was on the star base. We hadn't, we haven't seen the conference room at all, but, but they showed it in this episode and it looked yeah. just like the one on the star base. So what's up with that? We Maybe have, they just like the design. <laughs> <laughs> we have a set. We want to use it again. I, I mean, or that too. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, yeah, I was trying to be funny, but, but, but really and truly, um, you know, they like the the design, but the practicality of it is that's one more set we don't have to build. But I mean, if it works, why not replicate it on your ships? Yeah. True. Mm, okay. You know, if you've seen one conference room, you've seen them all. I mean, in everyday life, we look at a conference room and most of the time you see a long table with a bunch of chairs and you go to the next conference room, it's going to be the same thing. Well, tell that to Voyager uh, DS9 and TNG. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and uh, actually, Eric pointed out pointed out one of the best moments in this episode that I really, really love is when the Admiral shot the bowl of uh, fortune cookies. She phased them. I just like busted out laughing because I thought that was awesome. <laughs> She's taking it personal. Right. Morgan just took advantage of that poor woman, man. I feel the pain. Uh, <laughs> my goodies. That wasn't my, it was just like, it was just so, I was just thinking, that's so unprofessional. She's like, that wasn't my Lorca. Like, are you yeah. supposed to be banging your subordinate in the first place? Like, <laughs> yeah. And the way she said, oh, and no, she didn't even say Lorca. That's not my Gabriel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cow, you know the details, man. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought that too. I was like, okay, you're, you, you guys were a little closer than kind of you let on and people were talking about Picard and Crusher. I mean, really? Oh, man. <laughs> and another huge problem I have with this episode is they really don't explain, but they kind of, we, we're kind of just assuming when the, when our discovery went to the mirror universe, the other one came back, which we found out happened, but they I, did say it. Yeah. They said it in, in this episode, but. Uh, no, they said it in a previous episode. But they didn't know what they were assuming. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. So they, uh, Katrina also makes the assumption that when when this Lorca came over, her, her Lorca may have went to the Mirror Universe. And, I, I, that's what she said. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I mean, that's I, what she said. Yeah, I just don't understand the notion of when somebody goes to the Mirror Universe, the other one comes to the other, other side, which well, I both, know that, that's kind of what happened a lot on the original series, but still. Both Saru's were in the Mirror Universe. Like, I don't, it, that, I don't accept that explanation. I think it's bull. Not that, both Saru's. I think it's just a lot of Kelpians, but I don't think we've seen a mother Saru. Dude, that was Saru. And that yeah, was Saru. Saru. The one that the Burn one that was bathing her. They even said it in after. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah, giving her right, a bath. That's right, that's right. <laughs> he didn't have a and name. He, and he and he zipped up her pants. <laughs> <laughs> that was Saru. Man, she had a love belly. scene and then ate him. Oh man. <laughs> Choose. Choose. Yeah, this word punctuation Kelpie. is proper in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dang. So, so again, I mean, I don't like the notion that we're just assuming people switch back and forth at certain times. It really is no scientific basis whatsoever that I can understand. Has that happened before in other Trek series? Uh, Did they switch I, well, places? Yes, nine, uh, when Smiley came and get to kidnap who he kidnapped, 
both of them were still in our universe right. before he went back. That's what I say. All every time in any other Star Trek history, I've always it, it's never been a switch. I thought the only way they switched in this series was because <laughs> they were using it in the mycelial network, and but somehow that caused it. Maybe it, maybe it's only main characters that switch. <laughs> <laughs> See, I want to say it happened yeah, in the original the series. Star. But but that's what we need the the nerd story in for because he's the original series expert. But I think it happened in the original series as well. People write in and tell us did it happen in the original series? Is it known that when some person gets taken to the mirror universe, they get switched? Uh, tell us. We want to know. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. We talked about the hot floating displays, which are horrible. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about um. What do we think of the Federation having this equal fear of the mirror universe? Because we saw it in the last episode where Jaja was was like, oh, no, we cannot let any notion of the prime universe get out to the to the Terrans. Uh, but we see here kind of the same position um, where they do not want any knowledge of, of of the mirror universe existence to to be spread throughout the Federation. I think that's. Oh. <laughs> but you might want to see your loved one that's trapped across the void. Yeah, what what not, are they going to do? Hijack discovery? They're going to hijack discovery and hold hold, hold a gun to stamp a phaser to stamp his head? Like that's the only way they're getting over there. Like this is it's not even feasible. <laughs> like that's the thing that kills me about that. We mustn't. Does it matter if they know they can't get there? Yeah, True. which which I guess is the I guess the reason we get that ultra dramatic moment at the end of the the episode. But we'll we'll table that until we get the rest of the information. But it's just so dumb. I'm like, why not just? <laughs> that really ticked I, me off. I, I really feel like the writing took a step back in this episode. But overall, I thought it was good. Oh, and this episode was clearly meant to set up to set up the next episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll take that filler. I, I get that. I mean, and they did you know start some some storylines in motion and, and kind of try to push, push some a little forward along. But again, let's just jump back to Tyler for a minute. Tyler Vock, whatever we're calling this guy. He has this moment with Stamets. Talk. That's his name. Talk. We talk had this moment with Stamets. <laughs> and, and, and why Stamets just doesn't, I, I know it's what Federation enlightenment or whatever, but it seems like he would want to wring his neck. I don't, He's he's a man of science, and he knows he's a Klingon. What is he going to do? Right. He, di- he didn't want to get his neck snapped, too. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. Oh, man. But, I mean, part of it, I feel like, is the enlightenment of the Masilil Network. Like, it, like, he's already a scientific dude to begin with, and then yeah. he's seen the inner workings of the Masilil Network, and he knows it like there's a bigger picture here. So I feel like he's not even on that level anymore. That's one of the parts that didn't bother me, believe it or not. And... To 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 tie into what you just said, who's to say that this m- network that he's tied into not only sees you know things around him, but sees things that have yet to be, and who knows what's coming in seasons we haven't seen yet? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> hey, Tyler, you want to put this red shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and oh man, and you guys want to talk about cheesy scenes? To me, to me, the cheesiest scene of this episode was the uh, mess hall scene. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> that was, I was like, please don't, please don't. 
And, and like, they did. If they would just stop with Tilly going over, I'd have been okay. But then the next person got up, and then the next person got up, and then everybody gets up, and I'm like, uh, really? Yeah. Are we gonna do this? That's so cliche. <laughs> Michael Burnham again, right? Uh, it was pretty much a, a mirror. Yeah, but it was that. even more than Michael Burnham this time. Yeah, and it was even Michael Burnham. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I got, I got a question. It's Tilly like the unofficial chips. Uh, She's the mother lady. hen. Counselor, she's the morale officer. She's the mother oh, hen of the ship. Somebody wouldn't bring up Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like Tilly, but making her Neelix is not going to make that happen. <laughs> Say something nice. I'm being. You don't have to sit here. What are you doing? Like that part was good, and I, I was okay with that. And it should have stopped there. I, 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 they just took it too far on that one. Oh man, and I've got a feel for Tyler because this episode they gave him some cheesy stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> he did a pretty good job, uh, you know, of, of pulling it off. But I'm sorry, I killed your boyfriend. <laughs> I was just saying, like this whole subplot to me of him, like I guess it's gonna be his redemption arc or something. Like I just, uh, I just feel it's so unnecessary. Like I just wish they would have let um Michael like uh, beam him out the airlock and. <laughs> Like to me, that was the end of that. But maybe they have bigger plans in mind. I don't know. Yeah, they haven't stood us wrong so far. So, yeah, but it's like we're just doing that same story over again. Except it's, instead of Burnham is Vox. So, but of course, we had a whole season for for Burnham's redemption to take place. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm like, John, I hope he just like jumps in front of a phaser and not just a regular phaser. I hope it's one of those ones, the the ones that were like vaporizing people. The disruptors. Like, <laughs> does the president jump? No. <laughs> <laughs> but keep in mind, think about how many shows that we've watched and there is a two part finale. And, and if you try to review part one and then yes. you and, and then you're sitting here looking at part one, it's easy to pick that one apart because the the second part, the payoff hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So usually you get the, the first part of that at the end of the season, then the second part picks up at the beginning of the first. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll do a cliffhanger for this. Like, I'm almost completely 100% certain it'll be some kind of cliffhanger, but yeah. I just feel like they could have done, even though this episode is a setup episode, I feel I just feel like they could have done a lot more with it than they did. But we're splitting here, as I still liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, never in the history of Starbases has anyone be, been so excited to see Starbase 1, uh, Admiral <laughs> Cornwell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that was going to happen, man. I'm like, no, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. Starbase oh, One. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard of Starbase One. I mean, we we know that a Starbase One exists, but you never hear. What they call Jupiter Station? Um, I do not know. You might Jupiter right Station there. is the one that's right by Earth. But I don't yeah. think that was the one right by Earth, was it? That this was close to the to uh, Earth system, but it wasn't in the same. Was system, that not right. Earth we seen right behind it? I don't think so. Okay, uh, I thought it was Earth. I did too. Why wouldn't it I be? didn't think it was because she was telling um she was saying how they were getting closer and closer to her home. That seems pretty yeah. dang close right there. If that was Earth, <laughs> if they could spit on it, they probably would have conquered it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then why would you call it Starbase One if it's not the one right by Earth? 
Well, that maybe it's the first. One. <laughs> why would you have a star? Why would you have a star base right by her? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Space well, stock. you gotta get to get to a star base first, and then go from there. I mean, obviously, in our first, in our beginning, if you look on Enterprise, the first star base that they launched the first ship from was right there by Earth. So you would naturally call that star base one. Hmm. Semantics. Listen, <laughs> let's look it up. We'll, we'll look it up. Maybe we'll they called it Space Station One. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm trolling at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eighty eighty thousand souls, captains, important people, all that jazz. But and where was the defense? If this like the one of the last stations, there was like it really had three ships. She said it had three ships there. So it did have some defense. In addition to, I'm sure, uh, DS9 like self defense is there. So, hey. But one thing is apparent like, um, if you didn't already get it, you can tell from this point that um, uh, the Federation is pretty much getting the crap beat out of them. (laughs) (laughs) So to speak. Yes, yes, yes. That's a first. Um, So. And do we. Well, do we ever hear in any other future series about this war? Nah, that, that I don't know of. Like, I always heard of the cleanup war, but I never heard of it being this bad. Like, they almost lost. Okay, so let me p- pose something that I've been thinking, and I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but this seems like a per- uh, an appropriate time to do so. So, does anyone think that the Mirror Universe, that there is a singular mirror universe meaning there's the star trek that we've watched all these years and this other mirror universe or are there multiple mirror universes there's multiple yeah okay all right so if we say that there are multiple then could it be possible that discovery is in their home universe but the home universe is not the same home universe of the timeline of the other shows that we've seen and uh watching before no they they've stated that this is the same universe they've plainly stated that unless i'm wrong i'm pretty sure they said this is the same universe now you know that would explain everything but i would be highly upset because that's just a cop out at this point i mean you do have another quote-unquote prime universe you have the kelvin stuff which is technically a different timeline slash universe I mean, so, I mean, it can branch out, but they specifically said, and I need to find the quote, but they said that this is the same universe. So Yeah, the prime universe. <sighs> so, I, I have a question, though. So, we know that Enterprise is the earliest show. Which show is the latest in the timeline? Voyager. Is it Voyager? And, yeah, like, Voyager. How, how how big of a gap is that? Are we talking hundreds of years, thousands of years? Mm, no, it's no, no, like 85 years, because... Um, so it's eighty five years between take, Inter- Enterprise and Voyager. Yeah, Next Generation takes place seventy five years after the original series, and then DS Nine and Voyager kind of overlap with each other. So they're like about eighty five years. So right, eighty five years past the Next Generation, or eighty five years, I believe. Right. Oh, right. eighty five years past now. Past okay, so it's really not that long, that big of a time gap. Wow. Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Janeway appear in one of the Star Trek movies as an admiral? Yes, in Nemesis. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't. 
I don't even remember that. Please, she did. It's a small scene. Yeah, yeah, she did. I remember. It's like a cameo. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I think I remember going to see the movie because I knew she was in it. I mean, so really, and, and, TNG and DS9 and Voyager, they're all happening pretty much at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Because, like, wow. e- even on episode of Voyager, uh, Captain Jordy LaForge uh, makes an appearance in an alternate, alternate timeline episode where Harry Kim does some crazy business to try to get uh, the ship back, I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they definitely overlap. Well, well think Parker of War. The first episode of Voyager. Yep, yep, that's right. Because they meet up at DS9. Yeah. And, and Worf went wow. to DS9, so you, so you have that. And, Do you know uh, what? Say that again. Worf, did, didn't he go to DS9? Sure. Yes. Worf went to DS9, but Quark was in the first episode of Voyager because they met up at DS9. Uh, really? True. Yeah. Yeah. I missed it. I gotta go back and watch that. I just watched that episode today. <laughs> so I know this is fresh. Yeah, and and the dude, there was a dude uh, that was on. Yeah, but thank you. <laughs> Very good. Exactly. Oh man, nice. Uh, I love the universe. So where are we now? <laughs> <laughs> so we're ten. We're a hundred years after Enterprise. So would that be the biggest gap? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I so a hundred years after Enterprise <clears throat> and ten years before the original. Hmm. So I mean, okay, let's let's just finish. Go ahead and, and round off this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what do we think of the uh, Mira Jojo pitching this plan to Burnham slash uh, Admiral slash Sarek to to infiltrate the Klingon homeworld by? Okay, I had a huge problem with this, by the way. I thought it was interesting. By, by sporing into a cavern somewhere deep within the Klingon whole world. Mind you, we couldn't come back in the same time that we left for the mirror universe, but we're going to spore into a cavern inside a planet. I don't get it. He couldn't come back at <laughs> the same time because it's such a, such a complex trip coming from one universe to another. But just to go from sport inside a planet is not complex. I would think. I mean, if you're talking about the mycelial network, I mean, mapping from orbit of a planet to inside a cavern would be a lot simpler than navigating from one universe to another. I guess. In the amount of universes. I just thought the parallel here was like painfully ironic. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it, but so like at the beginning of the series, um, Burnham goes to her father, quote unquote, and asks for him, asks for advice on how to fight the Klingons. And he tells them what the Vulcans did that worked. She goes to her captain and oh, they basically nice. shut it down completely because I guess because of the position they are in the war, there's no really winner or loser. But now she gets advice from her other parent and takes it to takes it to her superiors. And they're like all ears because I guess at this point they're desperate. But I just thought that was funny that there was kind of a parallel there yeah but you know if they had took her advice in the beginning they probably wouldn't be in the war at this time <laughs> short 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 series <laughs> <laughs> so uh, wait are we not gonna talk about this uh growing mycelial network on the <laughs> like where did this plan come from that bothers me yeah he, again he, we have science that's not explained but he did say he had the original sample that they used to create the spores, uh, original genetic blah, blah, blah sample uh, that he's been saving 
Oh, wait, why can, why can't they just grow spores in the mirror universe then? That's what I was gonna say. They were desperate. <laughs> so they well, said we're well, gonna destroy this thing ball of well, uh, spores. Okay, for that matter, didn't he have like this greenhouse down there anyway? So why couldn't he have just populated the greenhouse again? Right. <sighs> I just feel like I love this show, but I feel like they make up a lot of it as they go, and it's st- really starting to show. Um, so that's a bit troubling, but yeah. And they write they write it off as like because most normal people won't don't really care. Like the normal person watching this show would not care how he grew the spores. That's just not important. But for a Trekkie or someone that's into Star Trek and into the science of it, that's a well, I mean, I want to make a comparison here and maybe Kyle can chime in to Doctor Who. And in Doctor Who, there's this thing known as a sonic screwdriver. And, <laughs> and and to me, it has a very much similar effect that some of their writing has done lately to where with this device, you can almost get out of any situation. And that's <laughs> kind of what they're kind of doing here. But, okay. And <laughs> that okay. that, that, I, I, that so, sounds like a Dragon Ball Z attack. Sonic <laughs> screwdriver! <laughs> That was the reason why I didn't. I never got into Doctor Who because I couldn't, couldn't get past the screwdriver. Are you? And, are you serious? And really? anybody talked about the sonic screwdriver. I remember, and I remember asking you past this. why. What what does the sonic <laughs> screwdriver do? Like, why is it so? And nobody can explain to me that it just is what it is. Nobody and I, knows. I, <laughs> like, well, okay, it looks like doctor, a light. It looks the, like a lightsaber. <laughs> okay, the doctor himself. Wait, 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 wait. The Uh-oh. doctor himself says to himself, "Why are you waving that thing around? It's not a scientific instrument. It's just a screwdriver." Yeah, he does. He does. War doctor, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the writing here. I mean, I, I purely get what you're saying, Carrie. It does seem sloppy now in a lot of ways, but it was just like, to me, the whole contrived notion of having to blow up the uh, spore sphere in Giorgio's ISS Sharon last last episode. I'm like, that's felt totally contrived in a bunch of words spoken really quickly. And, yeah. And, uh, and it, to me, at least in the past, when you heard Star Trek jargon, or science Star Trek's terminology and stuff, it all, and John's, the, how John says it, it made sense. It yeah. made some sort of sense. All right. I have to apologize to Jonathan because at the beginning of all this, I, I thought he was just nitpicking, but as we go on, I, I keep giving them the benefit of the doubt, and it just, they just keep doing it, and it's like to the point now where I'm I'm kind of the mindset too now at this point to where like if you introduce something like that, it needs to at least be like um, it needs to at least seem plausible within the confines of your universe. I'm, I'm not even talking about the confines of science, but if you establish a science or a or 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 a scientific, you know, pattern, you, you at least need to stick to the pl- pattern you establish. Stick and to your so rules. Far, yeah. And they haven't even done that. Okay, and, that, and I agree with that. I agree with that. But let me let me absolutely. let me let me add this, and let me ask this: Could it be that when we were looking at it from the perspective of the original series, and you're seeing these? you know, instruments that you can scan and, you know, take your body readings or your, you know, your flip phones and your communicators and whatever and so forth. We've become a society that has all of that. So are we a little bit more skeptical now because we've become more advanced with technology? Is that playing in or is are we looking through it through sonic 
uh, shades or something. <laughs> I mean, I will say like to the Don't point we started on Sonic shades, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Kyle, to the point you, you made is that we, we, we know the Star Trek rules. And I guess with this sport drive, we just don't know the rules. I mean, we've had a bunch of shows that have established the rules of how a warp drive works or how uh, a transporter works or or whatever. So now that we're back here and we're doing things so differently, it just feels off in a way. Let's see. What bothers me, and if you go and look at like some of the documentaries, like the one Gene Roddenberry's son did, and any Star Trek documentary, and it'll tell you Gene Roddenberry's vision of Star Trek was to portray a world that we could all want to be in, that we could all feel like it was possible at some point. And, and through any technology we've seen in, in Star Trek, even at the time it was aired, it was deemed possible. We probably didn't have what we needed to make it then, but it's deemed possible. I mean, right now we can teleport things. So, well, teleport a beam of light. They've teleported a beam of light across the room. I mean, we have 3D printers, which is basically your replicators. Uh, warp drive is possible if we could contain the matter and a matter reaction. I mean, these things are possible and they were deemed possible when Star Trek made, when they showed it. But now it's like there's, throwing things out there and there's not even a way to even attempt to try to explain it or to say, maybe that'll happen in the hundred years on earth. And now, so now we're losing the feel of star Trek. Now we're, it's not the star Trek we want to live in. Now is it a good show? It's a great show. But do I look at it and say, man, I, I wish I'd be live at 300 years when we're actually in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think Jonathan, part of that is if you think about how long human, not necessarily humanity, but, science fiction how long we've been looking into the future like it's been what 40 50 60 years at least we've been looking into like the space age and you know what's going to happen flying cars and all this stuff like it's been like maybe even longer than that but what i'm saying is like we've probably got to a point to where like there's probably we probably run out of things that we can imagine that could be plausible so maybe they're just you know Running out of stuff. I don't. I don't know what. The, <laughs> well, I mean, it, in that case, stick to what works. I didn't. I mean, I wasn't expecting a brand new science in this Star Trek, especially when you tell us it's going to be in a timeline previous to the other Star Treks we watched. I wasn't expecting all of these other sciencey things. I was expecting a great Star Trek storyline that gives us a history yeah, I mean, of our series. I mean, if you really think about it that way, then I mean, the spore drive pretty much broke the whole Star Trek timeline. I mean, if you want to think about it like that, there's nothing that advanced in any of the other shows. Right. And I mean, okay. If Janeway would have had a sport drive, then that show wouldn't happen. So, okay. So, so, so let me pose this question. Would this show, if all of these things that you guys just said have been taken away and you just had warp drive and you just had blah and you just had blah. So would the show be, have been as enjoyable? It would not have been the same, but would it have been as enjoyable if all of these things were taken away? Curious. I, I don't wow. think so because That's some of it, some of it is essential to the storyline. Like I just feel like even Jonathan would probably have a bit easier, better chance with this or time, you know, resolving this if it was not between the Enterprise and the first Star Trek. Like, if they right. would have maybe put it after Voyager, it probably would have been a little bit easier to take. But there's just so many things that are happening that are more advanced 
you know, not just like graphically, just, you know, technologically, they're way more advanced. So it's And they can't go into detail about it because if they do, it's really gonna throw it out of timeline. <laughs> well, well John, look, dude, you you complain about the sport drive. So th- 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 there's a show on the sci-fi channel. I think it's off the air now, but it's called Dark Matter. And they have yeah, I've watched it. They have something called the Blink Drive, which is essentially the sport drive, <laughs> except it's the size of a credit card. And then <laughs> and they're like they're like fighting over this, and the thing is the size of a credit card. So eh, is the sport drive a perfect solution? Maybe not, but they do have some cool concepts around it, and I can see what they're going for. Now, do they need maybe need to do a bit more explanation and kind of tie this into what we know? Probably, probably less jargon of stuff that doesn't make any sense, which would it make sense anyway? Probably not. But still, just a little more explanation would make it better. And, you you know, Dark Matter, I like Dark Matters, but and it's a great show. And I understand that's kind of out there science, but I didn't expect anything more from that. I expect more from Star Trek. I expect a plausible science behind it. See, but, but I mean, if like, Star Trek away, it'd still be a great show, and everything would make more sense. So I understand what you're saying, right? But they put but, that Star Trek brand on there, and that causes the problem, especially so like, because it's a prequel series. I, I get what you're saying, Jonathan, about it being plausible. But in 19 what 60 was that when the first Star Trek came out? Correct. Right. 1963. Were, were, were I think. Warp drives really plausible then? Like, did people really think that that would be something that we could it, achieve? It was plausible. The description they gave of a matter antimatter reaction was plausible. Science knew that. Problem is, we had no idea how to contain antimatter. In that time, they did know about antimatter, but they had no idea how to contain it, and we still don't. That's why we had a, a HLC, the Hydrogen Collider or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that, every time they make a collision, we're creating antimatter matter reactions on the smallest, smallest measurements you can think of. I just and think this goes... Was created, that's when the space race was starting. Yeah. So everything was possible. I just think it's really disappointing how like the United States has just kind of given up on, you know, space travel in general, because think about the fact that the cell phone you hold in your hand is now is more powerful than computers that used to be the size of a whole building. Yeah, that's um, right. In, in that short amount of time, we made all these technological leaps in computer technology. Just think about if that would have been happening with space where we would or with space. um space travel like where we would be right now yeah. i just think it's crazy that like what was it what six it was the 60s when the moon landing happened or was it earlier than that or was it the it's 70s 60s. in the 60s. 60s they were on so the sound stage and you know we had the <laughs> <laughs> i so, totally don't believe so, that sorry so we landed on the moon and like the, you can like it's been myth brothers proved that Miss Miss Bruce has proved that they actually landed on the moon. Like you can see some of the stuff. No, from I here. I'm only BSing, dude. <laughs> okay, okay, but but what I'm saying is, like in the '60s, we landed on the moon, and like we haven't done anything since. Yeah. But there were aliens the, on the moon in the '60s. Yeah, Think right. about how long ago that was. Yeah. And, and we haven't done anything since then. Yeah. You know, let's, now that thing digress in just a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll just go, Kyle, that is a conspiracy. I, I no, 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 no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really being serious. You just forgot about it. <laughs> Trust me. I believe they seen something there and they didn't want to go back. 
All right, guys. Uh, well, I think that Elon Musk is going to get there, though. Any thoughts on the ending when we see Giorgio make her grand entrance and um, and everybody oh, is shocked uh, that she's gotta, still alive? We got to talk about the breakup scene first, man. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> Let's talk about the breakup scene. Okay, like this is my whole problem with this episode. So this is a creature of lo- like Burnham's a creature of logic, right? So like she underst- like she knows that 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 person that choked her wasn't really wasn't really um ass that's right really, like though. she that's, knows that's that really she knows that dude okay she knows. this is my whole argument against that whole thing and i know you're making a point so let me make this really quick if there was a guy out here say um i don't know pick your latest serial killer that went out and killed a bunch of people and we deemed that it was a mental breakdown now we know this guy's gotten rehabilitated <laughs> we know it that he's not the person that we used to be we as a society still would not accept that guy having his freedom, as Saru put it, and walking around and you would not try to form a relationship with that guy again. Maybe I would agree, you I would agree with you. I would agree with you, but we're not talking about schizophrenia. <laughs> we're talking about science here. Like, like somebody <laughs> well, 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 somebody you know, somebody it's, it's somebody physically right? <laughs> somebody physically implanted this consciousness on another on another um being well, there and, are people with multiple personality disorder. So but that, use that that's as irre- an example. That, that's a, that's irrelevant to this because it was oh, implanted. God. It was okay. implanted. Okay. <laughs> he was a, he was a sleeper cell, and know, <laughs> the the cell was supposedly destroyed. And the only reason I say this is Saru, the scaredy cat of the whole ship, is okay with him walking around. And like that's so, my problem. <laughs> there there should be some level of of acceptance of what happened is what I'm saying. Like I get it that she's she's scared. Like I I well not scared, but I get it that she doesn't want to be with him anymore. Well, but but it, j- it, acceptance of what, uh, what happened is not acceptance of him being reformed, and that's my problem. Okay, so that's all well and good. All right, all right. So we've established that. Just say I you're a Klingon, and I don't want to be with you. You don't have to be like. Uh, uh, whenever I look in your eyes, um, I see him. He's choking me. Oh my god! I was like, "Come on now!" Like she, that was so that was so cheesy. She could have. She's a creature of logic. She could have wrapped that up in two sentences. But it's and like I mean, even, 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 okay. Sarah, even Sarah was like, "Get out your feelings, girl." He's like, even little, Sarah, uh, you have to you have to give her you have to give her a little space though because this will be her first time being in love and from a logical creature experiencing that emotion so strongly for the first time i'm sure she's like between logic and emotion and like super crazy at this point sarah says she's human come on get out your feelings girl She's human. <laughs> Just be She's like, human. all you gotta say is, "You a Klingon fam? I'm not interested." Like, peace <laughs> out. <laughs> it's like it was like, uh, I, I don't know, man. It, that just that just reeked of like dude, Attack of the Clones to me. Where like Padme's oh, like, I was dying. Bad, dude, Come it was on. that bad. It was that bad. But man. I, you got to think where we are too. Like the Klingon human relationship is not what we know in the other series. So you know. This is basically a foreign entity to her. A oh, that's bad. A, 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 something that she doesn't know anything about. An it's alien. Not that foreign to her. Wow, But yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just felt like you know, like what happened and like why she came to her conclusion is my point. Not like the conclusion conclusion she came to was okay with me. It's just her reasoning why. I just it, I just really had a hard time resolving it, and like that whole scene just made it worse to me. Mm, I don't know. 
I think he's going to jump out of here a lot. So, moving on, what is the plan now? What is, do, did they say anything like what the big plan is? Don't trust uh, the, the the new captain. That's, that's that should be your plan. <laughs> Specialist Burnham to your station. <laughs> so, so 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 let me ask this question. Considering my ready room. <laughs> considering <laughs> what happened at the last uh, scene, there does this not absolve uh, convict specialist Burnham from any crimes? Because now those crimes have not been committed as per uh, the admiral's uh, declaration that she was prisoner, quote unquote. Um, we're at war. It's different times. We're losing. We're about to be decimated. If no, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, Michael Barnum. Is she not? Would this not even after the war? Would this not absolve her because she's technically now not committed a crime? How does she? She hasn't. She still. She still mute. She was still a mutineer. Like even if even if the captain didn't die, she was. She Uh, still took over the ship. Point taken. Point taken. But but that's Mira Jojo though. So yeah, but, yeah, but they, real but they announced her. But as, nobody else knows that. Correct. So I get what you were saying, but yeah, yeah I feel like the fact that she still took over the ship is like if this is what absolves her, I'm gonna be freaking ticked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Cali's a no. See, I, I like it if it, if it, if it is. To be honest, well, oh. I think she gets I didn't a pass just that. because she's gonna save her. I mean, you know. But I mean, if you want to go there, route, I feel like what she did in the Mirror Universe, you know, should absolve her right. of anything she did. Because yeah. I mean, she pretty much saved. Not only did she save their bacon, she pretty much saved the other universes' bacon because now they have the discovery to fight the Klingons. Like this, it's just like they they cannot throw her in jail after this. There's no way. Yeah, but then she ate a Kiplin. Uh, That's what I was going to say. She didn't save it. Tit for tat. She ate it. She also slept with a Klingon. <laughs> Sleeping with the enemy oh. part two. Well, that's treason. Lavelle, La- La- get your hands off of uh. my man! Oh boy, we call that a love triangle. Oh, dude, somebody, somebody, somebody should, somebody should do um, a music video of like. Her and the Klingon. I keep forgetting her name was a Laurel. Like they should do. They should do a video and then have like the Brandy Monica song that boy is mine playing in the background. <laughs> Just cut a bunch of scenes together. I think I'm gonna do that now. Make it happen. <laughs> oh man! All right, guys. I think we've uh, ran this one in the ground. Um, yeah. Sorry, Claire. So no, no, topic. it was fun. We got <laughs> we got off topic, but they were all in, interesting conversations. Uh, things I'm sure every Trekkie out there uh, have debated a little bit, which we've done a little bit of debating on that, but we dove a little deeper tonight. So good stuff, good stuff. Um, so um, yeah, yeah. Um, let's do parting gifts. We'll go around the horn. Let's start with Carrie. What you got, man? Podcast related? Uh, anything you're working on, technology or otherwise, that you want to give a shout out to before we wrap things up? Uh, all I got to say is we've we've been doing live tech petitions and they seem to have been a hit. So I guess we're going to keep that rolling. So check us out. Um, Probably be Saturday, Saturday night or Friday night this week. Yeah, 
I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll um, this this weekend, <laughs> this weekend we'll yeah. be having a live tech petition. So you know, stay tuned. We might learn you something. Yeah, follow us on Facebook. <laughs> That's how you'll know. <laughs> so, um, John, anything you want to plug, podcast related or otherwise? Any movie you watching? Just anything? Uh, no, I finished the second se- second season of The Magicians. It's been a pretty decent show so far. So check that out, maybe. And Jeremy and I are throwing around an idea of maybe trying to do a podcast of our own. Oh, cool beans, man. So I don't know what we're going to do and what we're going to call it, but we'll see. We definitely will not call it Two Guys, One Mike. <laughs> oh, boy. yeah, don't. That's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. So Kyle Jones, what are you working on, man? Podcast leader or otherwise? All right. Well, you and I can be found on both of our other shows, uh, Discussing Who at DiscussingWho.com, where we talk about Doctor Who, and of course, Discussing Comics at DiscussingComics.com, where we talk about comic books, movies, interviews, pretty much anything else we want to talk about. So, uh, yeah. And also, we have a YouTube channel, which is at YouTube.DiscussingWho.com. Cool. All right, guys, visit the site, uh, scdpodcast.com. Make sure you're subscribing to this feed because subscribing helps the most. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash scdpodcast. And until next time, folks, live long and prosper. Prosper and long live. Thank you for listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.